This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Stacey Grizzly. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode 22 of North Atlanta's Good Neighbor Podcast. Today, we have good neighbors, Tanya Horan with Tacosa 360 Consulting and Laura Shaw with Paint Love. Hello, Tanya and Laura. How are we today? Hi, Stacy. Great to see you again. <laughs> Great to see you too. Uh, I do get to see you, but the, our listeners are just listening to us. But uh, <laughs> it is, as our listeners may or may not know, Tanya with uh, three, Tacosa 360 uh, Consulting is one of our, is going to be a recurring guest here on the Good Neighbor Podcast North Atlanta, um, featuring some of the nonprofits that she works with. Um, and Laura Shaw with Paint Love is is our first nonprofit guest uh, with Tanya as, as our co-host for lack of a, I think like you count as a co-host, don't you? <laughs> I thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I got elevated. You didn't even know you had a title. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> She's the co-host of today. <laughs> well, so let's start with, um, I'll have you, Tanya, kind of remind us about your, your business and, and what it is you do with Tacosa 360 Consulting. Well, thanks, Stacey. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be back, uh, as I mentioned. And at Tacosa 360, um, we specialize in working with nonprofits and helping them advance and expand their impact across four pillars of strategy, planning, operations, and messaging uh, with a real specialty to help them uh, with earned revenue opportunities to be able to, uh, from other way from to build it and to scale it as well. Well, wonderful. Do you want to introduce um, our first our first nonprofit guest with Laura and tell us a little bit about uh, her business or have her tell us. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you. Um, so I'm really excited to be here uh, and spotlight Paint Love. I've had the privilege to be able to work with Laura and her team about the, the next chapter of Paint Love uh, and what that looks like. And Paint Love is a special nonprofit here in Atlanta uh, that really is about empowering children through art. And Laura is the executive uh, director. And um, so, Laura, why don't you, if you can, just start us off and tell us a little bit about Paint Love and its mission. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to be here and share with y'all. Um, Paint Love is a nonprofit organization that brings extraordinary arts programming that empowers youth and strengthens communities. Um, we partner with schools with special focus on Title I or low-income serving schools. Um, and we also work with youth serving, other youth serving nonprofit organizations that serve kids who have experienced some really tough stuff in life. Um, all kinds of, that looks like all kinds of different things, but we partner with a lot of the other um, big and small organizations throughout Atlanta that serve kids who have experienced um, adverse childhood experiences or some kind of trauma. Um, and through that, through art, we partner with local professional artists of all different mediums, from clay artists to glass artists to um, movement artists and people who work in the theater. Um, and we bring those professional artists and train them in our model and bring them into spaces to serve um, youth to understand their, unpack their experiences and share their stories. 
that is, sounds like a really wonderful mission that you guys have there at Paint Love. Um, I know that the, our listeners probably know by now that that I was an educator for 19 years. So this is near and dear to my heart, um, helping kids through art. That's phenomenal. Uh, Laura, can you share a little bit with our listeners about the journey of Paint Love? Um, uh, how, how did that how did Paint Love come to exist? Yeah, so Paint Love started in 2014. A local artist named Julie McKevitt is our founder. And she um, was an early Beltline muralist and um, started working with an organization that serves girls who have been removed from trafficking situations. Um, And she and some friends volunteered to teach art classes, teach painting classes. And they, through that experience, realized how transformative it was to have that time with those girls, um, how much they were able to express themselves, um, how meaningful that time was. And they realized that those organizations don't really have the resources to um, do that on their own. Um, they were often pressed to meet their, you know, sort of bare needs and things like, art and creative programming, um, there just wasn't something they could do on their own. So they started growing into schools that didn't have an art teacher or didn't have enough resources to be able to have sort of an expansive arts program. Um, And from there, we have um, grown a lot over the last almost 10 years. and have worked with almost 100 different schools and youth-serving nonprofits, and we've served about 18,000 kids. Um, So we have experienced a ton of growth in the last couple of years since the pandemic, too. Wow, that's impressive. You said like 100 schools that you've worked with. Is that right? Was that the right number? 100 schools and other nonprofits. Okay, that is wonderful. And it sounds like that's been in less than 10 years, you've already had that footprint. So that's really great. Um, do you want to share with any, with our listeners about some myths or misconceptions that they, they may have about, you know, uh, paint love or maybe nonprofits in general uh, that you want to share with our listeners to clear up? Sure. Um, I'll start with um, uh, something that we deal with a lot with our like in our community with Paint Love specifically, um, we mostly work with kids who have experienced a lot of different, just really tough stuff. They've been through a lot. Um, And one of the sort of main misconceptions or myths, um, we do a lot of work training our volunteers to um, understand the way that stress impacts the brain. Um, But they're just kids. They're kids that want the same thing any other kid wants. They want to be um, seen and heard and feel like their their voice is important. Um, they want to have fun. They want to laugh and listen to music and make something. Um, and I think that's something that we always try to, to stress is that they're just kids, um, no matter what they've been through. Um, and I think a big misconception or myth about the nonprofit sector in general is that um, is that we 
the name the name nonprofit I think kind of sets us up for this myth, but that we don't make a profit. That um, I've had people think that I am, um, or all of our staff are completely volunteers. That we um, don't earn any money, but nonprofits are just our businesses, um, like any other business. We don't have owners who we um, report to. We're for sort of a, a communal good. Um, but we are a business and that's something that Tanya has um, helped Paint Love work on a lot over the last couple of months. Well, I'm actually glad you, you mentioned that because Tanya, uh, do you want to share some, some things with our listeners, you know, that, that nonprofits need to consider if they're wanting to expand their, the business part of their business? Because, you know, like you said, I, I think that was a misconception that you mentioned when we first had you on, you know, that, that, that nonprofits are not, businesses and they really are, you know, they're, um, so do you want to, to share some ways with our listeners, um, that you work with these nonprofits to help them expand their business? Yes. So, uh, I think that that's a key point, um, in the misnomer and I hear it so often that, uh, nonprofits aren't supposed to make a profit. And I, I would say and add to that, you know, nonprofits are there that make the money, you know, or the profit in order to expand, their impact. And so it's not an either or, which sometimes that's what comes to mind as well. I'm a nonprofit, so I can't make money. But I think of it more as the stepping stone to really achieve the extra impact and achieve your mission that you want within the community and help the people that you are there to help. Uh, and so that can look like a couple of different things uh, that can work at uh, earned revenue. Uh, you know, we're used to foundations and golf tournaments and other type of charity activities uh, are different grants in order to fund nonprofits and the works. And that is still very key and a key component of the work. Also are opportunities of where we might be able to charge for our services. They're not free. Uh, our nonprofit leaders uh, all deserve to be able to pay for their value. And I hear that a lot from nonprofit leaders uh, of what they want from their organization and their staff because they're bringing incredible things. Uh, and so that is something that we continually to work towards. Well, and, and all of us in business know just how crucial it is, just absolutely essential to have the right people in place to accomplish any goal, you know, and and with with the nonprofits, I mean, if, if you were strictly volunteer, you know, you're not going to have the, the right people in place to to that are you know, trained correctly. And in Laura's case, you know, like you said, that you train the people that you guys are are um the volunteers, the professional, that right. I mean, they may be volunteers, they may be volunteers, but who's going to train them and who's going to put them, you know? So I think it, it's really great for the, our audience to understand the difference that, that nonprofits do need to have revenue and make money in order to have the right people in place, you know, among many other reasons, but uh, that being one that, that really jumps out at me and, and um, just that you've, really have to have the money to pay the right people to, you know, expand your mission and, 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 and make more of an impact with more people in our community. So. And, and I would add that just if I can, something special about sure. um, paint love and what they do, um, which makes them different than other organizations that may be assisting in the art space is they really do have a special um, or <laughs> a special process that is really informed. So it's not just art and coloring, but it's really about understanding the child 
in being able to help them and help them tell a story. Uh, and there's some real um, research and experience behind that that makes their work so um, important to our community. And that's wonderful. Can I, can I give an example of that? Um, so one story that I kind of like to say to demonstrate that is think about we've all been through um, something that really pushed the boundaries of our coping mechanisms the last couple of years, whether you have all of the resources in the world. Um, it has been a tough couple of years. And think about how hard it was in the height of the pandemic when you didn't know if your kid was ever going to go back to school. You didn't know what was safe. Um, it was really hard, at least for me and everyone that I've talked to, to figure out what to cook for dinner. It was so hard to wrap your brain, my brain, around the forward thinking enough to like get the ingredients, figure out how early you have to start prepping something. That's an example of the part of your brain that does forethought and critical thinking was so overwhelmed by just the stress of um, being in that time that your brain and body were sort of pushed to the capacity of their coping mechanisms. Um, and that is sort of where a lot of the kids that we work with exist all the time. And so it's harder to think about how to um, graduate from school or what their career is going to be or that um, their life could get better um, to take those next steps if they're stuck in that really stressful state. And so to even be able to create with them, we go through this process that revolves around a lot of um, regulation exercises, just being feeling safe in their body, feeling safe in the space they're in. Um, so that they can even engage that part of their brain that's responsible for creativity and imagination. Because that's the same part of your brain that is responsible for forward thinking, critical thinking, planning, all those things that are really, really important. So this um, is relevant to everyone. I, I love that. And, you know, it, it's a, a lot more like your the story you just shared, it's not just, hey, you know, here are some crayons, draw, draw us a picture. <laughs> you guys are really doing research based. It sounds like, you know, uh, ways to, to truly help them heal through art, which that's that's a wonderful example that you gave, because I, I know I, I can definitely relate to what you were saying about just even what to cook for dinner during a pandemic. It, it, <laughs> it's a different it is it's a different mindset. You know, you've got to retrain your brain to deal with the stress that's around you. So. Yeah. Um, that's great that you're able to do that through something that kids find engage, you know, that are easy, easy to engage in art. And, um, and it is, it's not as, you know, especially I would imagine that a lot of the, the, the kids that you are working with, you know, will have a, a when they're going through something stressful and they're going through trauma or, 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 or they're recovering from that, that they are able to, uh, you know, if it's an academic outlet, that's a lot of times is way more difficult and they in their grades decline, their wow. academic performance declines. But then when you when you pull in, you know, therapy through art and healing through art, I can just I can so see that that just takes the defenses down of the of the child, I would imagine. So um, I love what you're doing. <laughs> I'm very, very excited to, to know that you're you're here and um, and that you're helping kids in this way and that it is research-based. I'm really happy to, to know that, that piece. Um, 
So, well, let's let's kind of shift gears and talk about. Let's do Laura. Tell us what you're doing for fun when you're not working. I know that you that work oh, is and you're enjoying your work. But what do you what what are you doing when you're not working with Paint Love? Um, I was a dancer growing up, um, and so I really enjoy a lot of movement based things um, that can. Uh, slip into work adjacent types of stuff. Um, but I really enjoy doing yoga and Pilates and taking um, dance classes when I can. Um, other taking walks with my dog, stuff like that, um, getting out in nature as much as I can. Um, again, some of these seep into work adjacent things because it's so good for your brain to be in nature, to move your body. Um, but that is really where I where I, I have fun and um, can kind of. Um... <laughs> yeah, no, that's wonderful. <laughs> I enjoy all of those same things. <laughs> I, I, uh, I can relate for sure. Uh, so, well, then I guess we can move away from fun and you can tell us, is there, is there a hardship or a challenge, Laura, that you've faced, you know, in, in life or professionally, you know, that, that you have, you face and that now for having been through that experience and coming out on the other side that you're better for it for it today oh gosh well not to harp on this but leading a very small nonprofit organization through a pandemic um <laughs> where we couldn't be in classrooms um that is something that just so dramatically affected kids at every level um, was really tough. Um, my husband and I moved back to Atlanta for Paint Love um, in the midst of the pandemic so that we could be on the ground and, and make sure that Paint Love could um, survive in that. And from that, we really are stronger as an organization. Um, we found a lot of sort of, like you were saying, that research-backed um, approach that has really taken off as communities are willing to have more conversations about mental health and well-being. Um, people from all walks of life have experienced that high level of stress and they have been looking for things um, that help them connect with other people, um, process their own emotions and experiences and share their stories. Art and our creative outlets are such a powerful um, place for all of that to happen. So Paint Love has our waiting list, our partnership list has just exploded in the last couple of years, which has been um, very challenging to negotiate and figure out how to have virtual programming, how to grow our team, how to grow our capacity to be able to I mean, we're not we're not meeting the need, but to play a bigger part in um, being a part of that conversation with schools and families and communities about how um, how important mental health is and how big a part art can play in that. Absolutely. You know, and, and mental health really has been and I think really struggle, you know, with with it being, you know, there's a stigma attached that just doesn't need to be the case, you know, and um, and I'm really glad that that we are able to wow. to talk about it more openly now, you know, and feeling connected to your community. I think that was such an extended time of isolation for so many people, um, you know, schools 
had so much uncertainty that kids missed a lot of really pivotal years. And so they're struggling to connect with their peers again. Um, so yeah, I think. And, and, and kids, I mean, I know a lot of, of us adults, you know, we adults, I think is the, the correct, <laughs> the correct, correct verbiage there. But, um, you know, I think that, I mean, we definitely struggled getting back. Yeah. Like, like we were so used to everything being virtual and everything being over Zoom or everything. You know, and, and it was a struggle getting back out in person. So I can imagine with kids that don't have as strong of, you know, coping mechanisms or in, in place that 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 was extremely challenging. Right. As an adult, you have the, the benefit of a longer lens to look back and know that this isn't forever. But kids who, you know, uh, this, think about how long a summer felt when you were a kid. Um, a year or two years is such a long period of their life. Yeah. Um, so it has been really, really challenging and wonderful to see the ways that we can um, bring programming like collaborative murals and things that reflect on community placemaking and connection and collaboration and being a part of something and really feeling that like visceral community connection to a place and to a, a group or to another person or someone that understands what you've been going through. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Well, is there is there anything that you can think of that you wish that our listeners knew about Paint Love? For a lot of them, I imagine this is probably the first time that, that many of them have heard of Paint Love. Um, is there anything you would like them to know before we start wrapping things up? Yeah, I would love to say that I think no matter how you want to get involved in an organization like Paint Love, we are a really, really small organization. We have um, three full-time staff, um, one of whom is also a school social worker. So there's, um, and we have five part-time staff, but we're a really, really small team. And so we really do rely on volunteers. We rely on um, people connecting us to, um, like you, people that want to tell stories, people that want to spread the word about what we're doing. Um, and no matter sort of what you're excited about, what gets you really jazzed to wake up in the morning, we have a way to um, to engage you in what Paint Love is doing, um, whether or not you're an artist or have time or money or connections or a platform um, or a business, whatever you've got, whatever you're excited about, um, there is a way that we can connect with you. And when you work with an organization like Paint Love that is so small, like any small business, um, it goes a really long way. We are, um, those connections, we're real people on the other side of that. So when someone makes a donation or someone volunteers and shows up, we are, are real people who are on the other side of that computer screen, really excited about that. Um, and so those really small local business connections, um, just that goes a really long way. Wonderful. So that's something that all anyone listening could can could help in in some way, whether <laughs> through the the many ways you just just explained. But well, tell us if they do. So say someone wants to reach out and they want to get in touch with Paint Love. What is the best way for them to get in touch with with you or or member of your team, Laura? Yeah, the simplest way is to go to our website, paintlove.org. Um, all of our social media and everything is on there, but um, all the info is on our website. So paintlove.org. And then um, Tanya, for, with Tacosa 360 Consulting, do you, uh, 
works with nonprofits uh, to help them to have a, a bigger impact and expand their business. So do you want to tell them what is the best way for them to reach out to you, um, Tanya, with Tacosa 360? Yeah, the, the best way to reach out to me is probably via email. So Tanya, T-A-N-J-A at Tacosa. That's tacos with an A, uh, 360.com. Uh, I also have a website, which is tacosa360.com. But I'd love to, if, love to talk to anyone who'd love to learn about more about the nonprofit sector and ways to help it. Wonderful. It's a wonderful experience. I've not said enough positive things about working with Tanya. So. Well, that is that's that's a really huge testimonial right there. So that um, so take it from someone who has worked with Tanya in Tacosa 360 Consulting, and Laura has, uh, says that it is a great experience. And and okay. having worked with her myself, uh, some through and not necessarily for a nonprofit, but in partnering to do this, uh, I I have found the same to be true. So um, she's fantastic. So. Well, that that's I really appreciate you both being on here today, Laura and Tanya. Um, and we will, Tanya, you'll be back again. I know with future nonprofits that that you want to spotlight um, on the Good Neighbor podcast. So, thank you both for being here. That's all for today's episode, Atlanta. I'm Stacy Risley with the Good Neighbor Podcast. Thanks for listening and for supporting the local businesses and nonprofits of our great community. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast North Atlanta. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpnorthatlanta.com. That's gnpnorthatlanta.com or call 470-946-7007.